Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pocket Rocket podcast. Today I am joined by Jace Long, online physique specialist. How are you? I am very well. Finally, I thought my name should have been higher in the list. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we finally got around to me getting on here. You're just a busy man. That's all it is. <laughs> so as we do for Mastermind, um, I'm going to start with a little bit of a bio about you. So... Could you tell us all, please, your age, where you're based, and your duration as a coach, please? Um, age 27. Um, where am I based? Between UK and Dubai. And my, I've been coaching five years, so mm. five going into six years. So I'm one of the originals. Not, not to boast or brag at all. <laughs> one of the originals. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just taking it from your bio on Instagram, you have had. 205 top placings and over 800 online physique transformations yes (laughs) so kind of talking then about those placings that you've had um I know that you kind of coach a whole array of people whereas a lot of coaches seem to specialize in one area but I wouldn't really say that that kind of fits with your I think it kind of does from my point of view in terms of like the age bracket and level I think I'm more you know you know let's say 20 to 20 20 to 30 and more you know first timers or first few shows rather than you know I don't really coach any like a few you know someone's tempo but I don't really coach many serious super serious competitors Mm -hmm. that makes sense but in terms of a category you kind of yeah. dip your finger in every possible category pie, don't you? Yeah, pretty much quite open in terms of that. Do you have a favourite category that you really enjoy to either watch or prep? Um, probably probably just the, the, the classic class, maybe, just because it's the, it's the in class at the minute. And, you know, that's probably where I coach the majority of people would be classic and men's physique, for sure. Mm. Interesting on the classic front, then. Because this is always a topic of conversation when it comes to classic. Do you think the classic is truly classic at the moment? Or... No, the, the classic's not classic. It's smaller bodybuilders, but do you know what? It's good because the more people that enter it, the more it will grow. So, you know, you've got girls doing bikini that are not truly bikini. So it's just one yeah. of them things. Yeah, very true. It's a good way to spin it. I think there's a lot of um, a lot of talk when it comes to the classic classes. Um, specifically speaking on the graftism that I was at recently there was a very big divide in that class between people that really shouldn't have been doing classic at all because they were maybe not the right shape or they were too small and they were like well I don't really fit into bodybuilding I'm not big enough so I'll go into classic I think there's a little bit of a misunderstanding of what classic truly is in in all due respect it's sort of um the entry level category you know for a lot of people that want to make that step up but are not 100% 100% sure whether they should so they compete and you know when I was competing it was a winning mentality but more so I hear now for the experience to see where mm. I stand and I believe that's just down to social media and the sport being accepted widely. Do you think what's your what's your view because I know that obviously you've competed a few times but you do take quite a big break between your stage outings yourself. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> do you I'm go to win? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will, I've never been outside the top 
free. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't put myself through a prep not to win. You know, and when I prep again, the same mentality is there. Is it, it's there to win. You know, it's costly. It, it has an impact on a lot of things mm. you do. I think you know your mindset should be to win at all cost. Do you encourage your athletes to think in that way as well? Yeah, yeah. You know, I've had an I've had a few athletes this year come third or fourth or fifth and want to keep doing shows maybe do another one you know mm. if you're still fourth or fifth it's you know we're not really here to turn up we're here to probably you know let's go away and prove so we can then be competing for that top spot mm. I think that's an important kind of part of coaching which it does split coaches in my opinion where you get some that will just keep pushing their clients just do more shows more shows more shows and some that will have that honest conversation and say do you know what it's not going to happen for you yet. You need to go away and you need to improve. Yeah, and no, also I've competed. I know when you start going above the two show mark, it's just, it's not really uphill from there unless you're very lucky. But, you know, in terms of fatigue, you know, if you're a male cycle extending and, you know, so I, I do think just have a set game plan. One or two, what I say always say two shows, two to three shows, but when I see people doing four and five, you know, I do start to feel, you know, then crack it in. Is that all often kind of a difficult conversation for you to have or do you have that no, even before really it starts cared. I'm not really cared if I'm right so <laughs> I'm very I'm you know as a coach I'm going to do what's best for my brand and you know mm. someone's coming fifth or sixth it's not best for my brand especially yeah. in the position of coaching it is you know results it's a results driven business as, at the end of the day that's the forefront of it so I personally wouldn't have someone just competing for the sake of compete like I had someone place third in the PSA first timers this weekend mm. they said I wanted to be British I said you know if you're coming third in the first timers the British probably isn't your mm. shouldn't be your goal right now you know because the people that are going to that British are coming top three in normal shows not not first timers mm. shows so so chat I have more so than not and you know I think it's widely respected once people you know get that post out of the way and sort of come back to reality I think you can definitely get caught up in it all and yeah, think like, oh my God, that was so much fun. I want to do it again and again and again. Um, and you forget that you felt absolutely screwed for like four or five yeah. weeks before. Get yeah, the sugar because, in you and you feel like a new human. Yeah, people forget quickly. Um, you know, that's why I always say, you know, have a set game plan. Pick, pick, the, pick mm. your actual shows and go from there. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, <clears throat> Kind of talking about those difficult conversations that you have had to had have had, had to, to have. have my god prep brain sorry about that <laughs> um what would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned since starting coaching um in essence you can't help everyone you know you you know like I say I'm in a fortunate position where I say no more times than I say yes but when you start coaching you say yes more times than you say no mm-hmm. um because you believe you can help everyone, you believe the more results you get, the better. So just sort of learning in in terms of what you can actually do, what you can actually offer and just be transparent. I'm not saying I haven't, but, you know, I've learned, you know, I probably took a competitor on before in, in a club when I wasn't sure, you know, when I first started, you know, took a, you know, maybe a bikini competitor and I've been unsure, I put myself in that position. If it was from when I started, It'd be, you know, learn to say no more times than you say yes because you can't help everyone. 
Mm. Is that the advice that not only you'd give yourself going back, but like any new coaches coming up now as well? Oh, 100, 100%, you know, because, you know, I, I help a lot of new coaches and whatnot, but I see a lot of new coaches, you know, 21-year-old coach might get a 19-year-old who wants to compete, you know, on in on anabolics, and it's not something they should cover, but I see a lot of new coaches, you know, taking on lifestyle clients that suffer with celiac disease you know and mm. it's not but people a lot of the young coaches say yes to secure the business so mm. yeah 100% I'd give that advice because you know your reputation is quicker to pull down than it is to build up. Mm. Talking about that kind of teaching new coaches I know that you do a course with Rob and yeah. um, mentoring new coaches onboarding and everything else teaching them the ways so with that what sorts of questions do you get from them what's like the top couple of questions that they see say to you like well what should I be thinking about going into coaching um it's not the, the biggest question is people just care about how to onboard clients but you know it's not about how to onboard clients it's sort of the service you give mm. like it's like it's great these new coaches coming and saying they want you know 40 clients but if you can't manage 40 clients there's no point having 40 clients you know so it's setting expectations from the start setting expectations that it's not it's not you know nine to five and you're done you know sometimes you have crazy show weekends two three days on the bounce you know so yeah it's sort of I think you know credit to a lot of coaches because people don't realize they do actually do quite a lot and you know especially the ones that still make efforts to go to shows and see people so it is it is very lucrative but at the same time you have to you know if you have to earn your stripes and put yourself there mm. And when you were earning your stripes, and obviously you're talking about going to shows, I've heard you speak on podcasts before about um, when you first started, you were literally at every show that you could yeah, be at. I think in 2017, I went to every show in the UK BFF calendar, Newcastle and back in the day. And even now, I, you know, I think I've missed one show this year. because I don't think you earn your stripes and take a step back. And I think, you know, I've seen a lot of coaches come and fizzle and, you know it's when you take that step back because in the days you know if a client diets for 16 weeks and it, for them to meet you is amazing and it just gives makes it a bit more personable as well mm. did you find that hard when you were starting out um, balancing terms, act of going to all the shows getting your work done having a bit of a social life yeah yeah no it is a balance but then you know I'm very self-aware of w- what I want so you know I'd say no to more people and then going out on the weekend to do what I need to do you know even this week I had tickets to the AJ fight paid for ringside and I said you know I've got a first time show with three clients this week so I give them a miss and that was a killer but AJ lost so it's all right (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking oh my god I don't know how I turned that down yeah like even in my position now I I could have sat there and said hey guys sorry I can't attend the show then you sort of just got to remember what got you to where you were and sometimes Mm. you know can't neglect obviously you can't make every show like I can't make the next one but yeah you have to just remember that yeah yeah absolutely so at the beginning of the podcast you mentioned that you are between UK and Dubai and when we spoke about this I think it was in lockdown you said the goal was to move to Dubai yeah kind of changed (laughs) (laughs) with that impact your coaching or would you continue to just come back and forth or would you like to be more of the Rego Raw team and coaching more out there? It was, you know, my, I was actually my busiest when I was in Dubai. 
my busiest as a coach ever. But it was with more lifestyle clients because obviously the comps weren't on. So, mm. you know, there's a reason everyone knows me as being back and forth from Dubai is because simply, you know, I've been straight here. I've lived in Dubai six months or whatever. Back, I've been back and forth for a year and a half now. You know, I get something out of seeing clients. Like I get, when I'm in Dubai, the off season is fine because you don't see as many people. But in the comp season, I always come back is... Because if I don't and I don't see anyone, I just feel like I have an office job. I'm just writing a diet, you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Seeing a client and just seeing their journey, because everyone knows I'm at graftism, a lot loads of people come down. You know, for me, that's sort of what made me realise I couldn't live there. Because I was like, you know, what? I've got, I'm, I've, I'm doing my job, but I'm not fully enjoying my job. You know, I fully enjoy it when I'm here. I get to see some clients. Does that make sense? So that's why I, I, I moved back in like February, and I've just been popping over there. And um, mm-hmm. as and when, like. The show season's done. I won't see no one for next month. I'll go for a month. So, yeah, that's like because I can remote. I can do it from there because I've done it from there. But it's just it's something a bit more personal for me, like just living here and going to the shows and even not even lifestyle clients because I do a lot of shoots as well. Come into the gym and see me for a shoot. Would you say that's your favorite thing about coaching? Then, like being in it and seeing people. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, you know, you impact someone's life, you know, some people lose 20 kilos, they'll never put that on again, and, you know, seeing that person sort of makes it, yeah, because everyone's always like, why are you back and forth, but that's the reason why. And the air miles. Yeah, do you know what, it's funny, (laughs) I'm not even registered for air miles. What? Someone told me about it this week, this whole time I've never knew, so you can imagine, yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, that's mad. You'd be yeah. balling in it in uh, Air Miles no, by now. No, I was just like, oh, shit. I mean, slightly off piece. Now we're in the podcast, but you can backdate them. So you can create an account and then backdate all of oh, your flights for yeah. like a year. I need to do it. I'll do it. Fingers yeah. crossed. Or just pay someone to do it for you. Yeah. Because it's well worth it. Yeah, 100%. Sorry for taking that on a tangent there. But I was I used to collect air miles and I, I know they're how much they were. Yeah, I heard about them the other day. Yeah. That's yeah, a few no, free yeah. flights for you. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna make it my priority. Actually, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do it. Okay. So uh, an interesting question that I always um I always ask everyone that comes on is if you could coach anyone, dead or alive, any point in time, who would yeah. it be and why? I think it would be Nathan Diasha. We just got for cheating us two, three times. <laughs> <laughs> so you're actually just coaching him to date him, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, we just chew and go out for cheat meals. Cheat meals. We had a nice little uh, cheat meal after Spain. So yeah, I know we'd just kick it and have a few cheat meals and, you know, he gets them twice a week. Do you think, uh, looking at his physique, that you could do anything with it or is it just purely the social aspect of it no it's social he's he's a he's a freak you know he's a freak he's always in shape he's this year he's very fresh as well from having a layoff so yeah Yeah, he looks incredible at the moment fresh you know round bubbly Mm. and when you're kind of scrolling down instagram because you're very very active on instagram do you ever look at maybe someone's profile you see a picture come up or someone shares someone and you think to yourself I could do so much with that um no do you know what I actually don't I like I'd see some young lads and I'd be like oh he's a sick physique and not majority of the time they're working with good coaches and you know I think there's a lot of good coaches in this country you know I don't have I'm honest on 
you know, I'm a good coach, but I don't have any magical, like, oh, I could change him. Nah, you know, I've, you know, I like, I do me and, you know, yeah, I'd never look and be like, oh, I'll do something amazing. Maybe once or twice, if someone's a bit behind, I could look and be like, do you know what, they could be really good mm. if, if they, like, doubt it. I always find it interesting because obviously there's so many physique updates and you don't want to judge people, but like yeah, it's yeah. natural that you do just think, yeah, no, oh, natural. why are they doing that? Or Yeah, no, 100% it's natural. So even, you know, you even do it to the best people in the world. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got, you've got yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always the calves. <laughs> um, and... Uh, another one that's kind of a famous story that um sleepwalking and peanut butter mental mental <laughs> so i have to ask what is the funniest excuse you've ever had for someone deviating from either their diet or their training plan yeah that's similar you know woke up and ate cereal in the night and you know you, you hear it all but yeah and it's it's I don't know. It's a hard one because I've I've never I've never experienced it myself. But yeah, no, I had people. I woke up and I couldn't stop eating peanut butter, and it's crazy the deep depth of preps that not a lot of really people talk about. Obviously, not a lot of people go through it. It's that very small percent. But you know, I'd rather just say, you know, what, I fucked my diet, mm. and I would have made it. I would have ruined it properly. Not like <laughs> peanut butter. I would have gone in. <laughs> yeah, I would have, you know, if you because you're going to feel shit anyway. If you had one scoop or ten, I would have mm. just made it a proper cheat. You, know? you would have sat down with a movie in the jar. Yeah, and just had a 12, 12 hours of it. <laughs> have you ever cheated on your diet? Um, yeah, I have. I have when I was starting out. But, like, I'm quite genetically lucky, so I get away with it. Was there not a big impact? Come on, tell us what your no, cheat was. What did you do? No, I used to like I used to have a little Oreo addiction. I'd be a train, I'd have a good session. I'd be like, yeah, I probably have a pack of Oreos now. <laughs> the next day, yeah, another good session. Look lean, I have another pack of Oreos. And then before you know it, by the end of the week, that's seven packs of Oreos deep. And I'd be like, ah oh, shit. <laughs> do you did you find like after maybe one packet that you looked a little bit better? Yeah, and then you maybe like, you'd spill. <laughs> Then the next day you're the same weight and you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm the same weight. It's fine. I'll do it again. But I'm talking, this was like my first year of dieting like six years ago, five years ago. Do you have PTSD about Oreos now? I do. I actually don't <laughs> like them anymore. I don't like them anymore. What? I like certain foods on prep. Like if I'm prepping up crane Reese's Pieces Oreos, now I wouldn't even look at them. Mm. I think every prep you crave something different. I find with preps that I crave foods that I've never eaten yeah yeah or combos you've never eaten yeah like <laughs> I massively a couple of years ago craved Reese's and I didn't even like peanut butter yeah I, I craved them on prep I don't even eat them now no so, yeah. um yeah I find that very odd or Mexican food yeah no I've never craved Mexican food. it's the flavor you can't get that flavor yeah, from very, anything else very the cheesy yeah, nachos you know gotta have the sour cream as well all the toppings a little pulled pork on there as well <laughs> um so <clears throat> you've been coaching for did you say five years yeah five what were you doing before you were coaching being a dosser really just dossing about not doing much um I was uh, I played full-time rugby I went to uni on a scholarship I didn't attend uni I just spoke to women and parties but <laughs> the, the life of Jake and then um no um I PT'd on the side here and there, but never like 
directly any other direct passions, you know, and then obviously I met Robin 2016 and then, you know, I just started working out his gym for him and then I started coaching it pretty much mm. just didn't take off from there because it wasn't over it wasn't like took off straight away it yeah. sort of built from there and you know then I was sort of like yeah I want to come to every show I want to learn this and I was just you know for me it was becoming a character that could speak well you know yeah. could talk well could get on with people well and picking up lots of new skills and mannerisms which I think helped to today because now I work with different ethnicities different ages and mm. etc what did you find from like what did you find you learned from going to the different shows um it's just do you know it's not it's just learn, I like I used to sit and be like why would you why why do you give them this meal do you know what I mean you know why are you only giving you know 60 grams of chicken with that meal you know, mm. reduce protein for digestion so like I would just learn a lot about peaking if that made sense like why would like I'd go and be like why would you cut water for this person and not for this person did you ask those questions of their coaching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I asked about 100 questions. Um, then you sort of learn, you know, bikini girls carve up different to men's physique people. So, you know, it's not one rule fits all. When you first mm. start, you, you know, when I first looked at bodybuilding, I didn't think they had to cut water and, you know, carve up any. I just thought you got in shape, went to the gym and stood on stage. Yeah. But, you know, you know, if you said to your parents now, oh, mum, I need to carve up, they won't have a clue. Mm. You know, I was just all about because I didn't I was very new I was like let's learn this whole process because I only got into bodybuilding because I saw someone and I said I, I can do that and then obviously I started competing and, and then you're like and I literally did do that and I literally did yeah <laughs> so from that point where you were like I can do this to your yeah. first show how long was that um it was like six months oh you really like just went for it then yeah, literally just like, I was always in good nick, but I was just like, yeah, let's just do a show. Mm. I think it was UK BFF Juniors. That was, I won that show. And then I did the men's. I came third in that show. Rob Taylor did that show, so it was crazy. And that was like when UK BFF was the one, Reading, yeah. Theatre. Um, so yeah, no, I literally was just like, oh, I think I could do that. So it's mad the way it's sort of worked out now. And I'm, I'm not done yet. You know, I know I've took like a year and a half break, but there's still a bit more to be done when I'm ready to pull my finger out, really. When do you think you will be ready? Um, probably five or six weeks. You know, I've got, I've got a lot of people coming out to see me in the bar, so a lot of beach clubs and relaxing. Because people don't understand, as a male, you've got to push weight. And it's, you know, if a lot of people are coming out and it's a, and I want to be lean and I'm walking around like a sloppy... Because, I, you know, at my heaviest, I was 132 kilos. Mm. Yeah. it's not you know now I'm about 116 so that's 16 kilos different that you can you know I feel I feel much better um I feel like you know I look much better at this weight so just getting knowing in five or six weeks I'll be like sweet all right it's time to feel uncomfortable a bit because you can't just you know you have to be mentally prepared to feel uncomfortable like if a female goes off season now for 30 weeks you probably have to say you know what from week 25 to 30 I'm probably gonna feel uncomfortable mm. so yeah at the minute I'm just not ready to push up yet especially with shows and traveling yeah I'm a very relaxed bodybuilder so 2022 then maybe yeah most yeah yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to pin you down but you know no, I'm trying to get the goss you know, uh, you know if Darren Farrell's qualified for the Olympia obviously if Jamie qualifies for the Olympia I'll probably do that amateur Olympia so you know three of us from prep together yeah that'd be cool that would be quite cool and you seem to find quite a good balance with your prepping and your social life as well. Um, yeah, 
yeah, I get away with murder on prep. But from, I mean, I don't know a vast yeah. number of your clients, but I am friendly with a few of them. Yeah. And it does seem to be like you do try and find that balance for your clients where yeah. as, as long as they can within prep, they have a little bit of flexibility to keep their yeah. head straight on, yeah, which I is not to, something you see with a lot of coaches these days. Yeah, I tried to keep cheat meals into like, you know, three or four weeks out. And just just, just from the aspect of, you know, I'd rather push you a bit harder because I know for me, it's a little mental refresher. It's a reward to look forward to. You know, I know the, you know, cheat meal term is deemed terrible at the minute but you know if you can control it and you know you're sort of having a similar one each week you know I'm happy I'm happy with it because I, I think you know for first time as it keeps them happy and, yeah, do you I think, think it you- stops that binge because they know they're probably going to get another one so they don't yeah. think it's the last time the more times I've seen binges when I've said you know it's four weeks out now let's stop cheating those mm. you know you sort of oh I'm never gonna have it again let me enjoy but no, that's just like, it's a method I've considered taking out. I've, I've considered taking out cheat meals. And, you know, this week for a few of the bikini girls, I wanted a bit better. I stopped it from like eight or 10 weeks out. Right. So it's, you know, I, I try to everything myself, Nick, if it goes wrong, I hold my hands up. But so far, you know, I've not seen a massive um, detrimental effect. But this year I've sort of changed it. And I said, you know, anyone six weeks out, especially female, obviously need to get a bit tighter, it's a bit harder. I said, you know, we'll stop them earlier. So, it, you know, I decide things on the start of the season. I pretty much, you know, decide what I'm going to do or not exactly, but what approach I'm going to sort of take. Mm. No, I think that's good. Um, I, I also think just on a personal level that you can always add in, but you can't take away. So yeah, yeah. if they have one too many cheat meals or they kind of go a bit mad, this is even harder to pull back from. Whereas if they get closer and they're ready, have something off plan or have a refeed. It's interesting as well that you bring up the fact that women and men are different. I think a lot of women, from my experience, they see the, the men around them, whether that be their partners or their family or their friends. And they're like, yeah, but they're doing this. Yeah. Why can't I? You know, women, you know, typical women, 50, 55 kilos. You can't do a 100 kilo bodybuilder does. Mm. You know, so, yeah, no, they need to know it's very different. You know, a male bodybuilder who's 100 kilo, 20 kilos may be able to smash a start a main dessert. You might just be able to have a main, you know. I mean, I think most bikini girls probably could smash a start a main dessert. Yeah, Maybe when you get eat. home, have some extras. Yeah, 100%. They all, you all make your bloody oats and pro oats or oats and... Oats with all the toppings, the PB. Yeah, that's the one. What's it called? It's not a name. Porn star yeah. oats, I think people call them. Flexible. No, I think when in my day it was a flexible or something like that. Oh. What do you mean in your day? In my day. You're much younger <laughs> than me. Don't make me feel old. <laughs> so we've obviously talked about there what you have done what you're doing at the moment maybe the next plans for the next um couple of years but the more and more I see of you the more businesses I see you dipping into so what's the plan for maybe the next 10 years what what are we going to see from you and your you've got the prep company you've got the mentoring company got own raw foods 50 50 with Jamie got Regal raw um who knows? Someone's asked me to go in on a gym with them this year, six-figure gym, but uh, two people actually. So who knows? Um, might be a graftism too. You know, one of the LRFs might be expanding. Who knows? I've got got offers, so that's that's one of them. But apart from that, it's probably just 
take the take the prep company to a higher level, you know, um, in terms of I'm, I'm running at max capacity. You know, I've got two new coaches on now, you know, just to sort of teach and help them take on, you know, like everyone's a coach now, why not coach for someone who's got a bit of a record? So two people I'm going to look after there and just grow that, grow the food company in Dubai. And just any opportunities that come on the table, really, you know, it's in between that gym situation or a few property renovations. So, yeah, I noticed you put on your story. I sound like I'm stalking you now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you put on your story the other week about one of the properties that you renewed, yeah. and I'm seeing more and more coaches dipping their fingers into you know, property. Because you can't coach, you know, you can, but, you know, it's. <laughs> I want to be out in seven years with a team of coaches. You know, you can't, you can coach for a long time, but at the end of the day, things evolve. There's a new set of coaches coming through. So, you know, they will catch up. Things will evolve. Methods will evolve. And we all won't be able to keep up. Mm. So I think it's quite great to see a lot of younger people being self-aware to have things in the background. Yeah, definitely. So you're thinking move away from coaching sometime in the next 10 years and just... Yeah, have enough to keep you busy but without having to yeah, be you, you just work with select clientele like look at Jordan he picks some work with 20 people you know yeah. as you get busy and have the priorities you just your focus of who you work with mm. will just get smaller yeah absolutely yeah and if you weren't coaching what do you think you'd be doing now so say you've um, never got into that you'd never met Rob where do you think you'd be oh it's interesting because I, I, I genuinely don't have a clue do you know what I mean I, I don't I actually don't know but I, I don't know I don't know I would be I do you know I, that is a great question I am gobsmacked <laughs> I think you're quite um entrepreneurial yeah you see me I just have it it's it's, it's I have this it's gonna work I don't really have it's not gonna work if that makes sense I don't really you know I'm very erratic I'm like I'm waking up and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do it today and it's it's either gonna go to the sky or I'm gonna be on the floor I'm like all or nothing I I don't mind losing a losing a lot as I'm gonna say oh, do you know what? I tried I, I take life with a pinch of salt mm. I'm very relaxed yes I I'm think uh relaxed. as long as you can say I tried it didn't work out yeah, I'm relaxed I take a lot of risk you know I'm either it's gonna go to the sky or I'm gonna be on the floor so I just yeah. take the risk that's with a lot of things I've done. Like, like I didn't, I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't start coaching to coach. And then one day I was like, oh, I'm just gonna, you know. Before it was very so. Before it was as popular. I probably knew under ten coaches when I started coaching. Mm. You know, and then I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna go for it. It's it's got to work. So, yeah. so we have the Arnold's coming up this weekend. Yes, indeed. How many people do you have in the show? Uh, I think seven. It's quite a lot. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, do you know what? Expensive. Uh, no, what, what with my clients? Yeah, but I think because there's, it's such a a big deal, isn't it, for the UK? Nah, I, I'm, I'm telling everyone the opposite. It's just, to me, it's a big venue, but the show's like any other show. You know, every athlete on there's diet for sixteen weeks. Everyone's on seven days of cardio. They're not coming from Mars. They've not got three arms and three legs. Yeah. You'll see the results. That you'll, you, you know, I've got clients that competed last week in two bros. They might beat some people they beat last week. Because, you know, every show is a new show. It doesn't matter who's coming from Norway. It, 
you know, I've seen Instagram bodybuilders finish last. So it, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, and I try and tell that to everyone because, you know, when you coach people and they send you this person's picture, this person's picture, then I've seen that person at the show and they finish worse. It's just, if you get in your head, it's a big show, it's a big venue, you, you're going to think that. But I just think it's, it's, a, it's a big show, but it's the same as any other show, really. That's a good but way to look at it. For amateurs, anyway. Mm. I think um, it's important as well, like you mentioned there, about people send, oh, this person's going to be at my show. Yeah, the worst thing you can do. Instagram is filtered Photoshop. Yeah. It's the best and lighting. It's you know, when you're dry. You don't post your worst photo. No, you don't. Everyone posts their best photo, and, you know, they take a 100 of them before they pick. So you can't judge it on Instagram, for sure. Do you find that you see more of that oh, God, they're going to be at my show. They're going to be in my class from the first-timers. Um, no, because the first-timers actually don't know enough people in the industry. <laughs> so it's actually from the more experienced people, I see, like, who've competed a couple of times because they know more people. Do you know what I mean? When you're a first-timer, sometimes it's just your first step into bodybuilding. You don't know nothing. Mm. A lot of the first-timers have never been to a show. So I find this ludicrous. Even I've got people that compete, experience, and they've never been to a show. It's a bit mad. It's mad. Yeah, like the first time this week, you said, oh, I've never been to a show. I said, well, maybe we should should have made you go to one. Yeah, just to get a vibe for what it's like yeah, and what to expect. I think the first time I went to a show was my first show, and I was a bit like, because I only decided a few weeks before. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, you just said, no, I think everyone, try and watch one or two shows. Yeah. Across different federations, for sure. Yeah. Okie doke. So, a couple of questions I ask Every single person across every series. Yeah. Looking back over the entire span of your life, is there anything that you think I would go back and do that differently? Um, no, I do everything. This, I do everything over again and just do it the same. A hundred percent. I think the things, the actions you've done that you regret, sort of make you who you are moving forward. I made a lot of regretful decisions. <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm learning from every single one. Yeah, How magical. I'm learning. <laughs> I'm learning the hard lesson better each year. Yeah. And you are Jace Long, online physique specialist. Yeah. Owner of, or part owner of, Raw Foods, uh, yeah. Rego Raw. Yeah. And. The mentoring company The well. mentoring as well. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but. How do you want to be remembered? Um, just impacting people in terms of like when I when I started bodybuilding, when I was like, I want to be remembered as like the best bodybuilder from here. But now I'm like, no, nah, I just want to be remembered for helping people, you know, because you know, I'm from like Londonish, you know, I, I I can go to Essex or East London, and someone says, oh, you're Jace, you help this person get in shape. So it's quite a nice nice feeling to be remembered for what you do. Mm. So yeah, fair enough. Not just a pretty face, me. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much for making the time to come on the podcast. I know that you're very busy, so I massively appreciate that. No, and if anyone wants to find you and they, for some reason, haven't found you or don't know who you are, where can they find you? They don't have to go looking. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, Instagram, Jace, Jace underscore 345. Don't ask me what free profiles they're for. It was just the first name that came up and it's just stick. It's just stuck. So Jason underscore three, four, five is the main platform for everything. And if someone wanted to get in contact with you about coaching, how would they do it? 
just a DM, friendly DM. That's it. Have some manners. If you don't have manners, you're probably going to get declined. Yeah. You I just message me like, how much coaching? I'll be like, get lost. Yeah. <laughs> Try a hey, how are you? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me, as I say. Um, and I will see you at the weekend. I will see you at the weekend. Thank Thanks, you. James. <laughs>